Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. The, the, the one and only and the original Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. That would be me. It is Thursday, the 18th day of January 2024. I found a piece of audio online and it is confirmed by White House transcripts. Your supposed President of the United States of America, sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, muttering, puttering, shuddering, fluttering, stuttering, stammering, mopey-dopey, little girl gropey Joe Biden, admitted to a group of world leaders that either he sold state secrets or he stole state secrets. I believe he sold state secrets because that's what the official White House transcript of his conversation states. Take a listen to your president, Gropey Joe Biden, admitting to committing treasonous acts as the president of the United States. And tell me why we have not impeached and removed this guy from office. I was just thinking, uh, uh, anyway, I started off without you. I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. Anytime that you're skeptical about a statement that came from the White House or that was made by Joe Biden, you can go to whitehouse.gov and look up speeches and remarks, which is exactly what I did. Let's read the transcript together. President Biden, okay, we, I was just thinking the, anyway, I started off without you and I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. So the video is 100% real. The statements made by Joe Biden are so shocking that many people believe the video has been edited. You know, the first time I heard the actual clip of Joe Biden saying, I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. I was very skeptical because with artificial intelligence and all of the other information that can be altered, edited, pasted together, I thought, well, maybe this was something that might have not been real. There has to be an official transcript for diplomatic purposes, for legal purposes. And there is no doubt that Joe Biden admitted to saying he sold state secrets and other important items. Take a listen one more time. This is a guy who should be removed today from office because of treason. Selling state secrets is a treasonous act and therefore a highly impeachable event. I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. And it's officially recorded in the government transcripts. Can you imagine for one moment the reaction that would be all over the television news, the internet, the radio, the newspapers? CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, HLN, CNBC, Newsmax, News Nation, News Now, Al Jazeera, all of those liberal leaning publications and networks would be airing 24 hours a day, seven days a week if Donald Trump had said what Joe Biden said. One more time for you. I sold a lot of state secrets. 
So I looked this up on multiple websites. It says, Biden makes stunning omission. I sold a lot of state secrets. That was on MSN.com. The Associated Press says that social media posts misconstrue what they're calling Biden's joke about selling state secrets. It's all about missing the context. And so as soon as they reported that, the USA Today jumps on board saying the post misconstrues Biden's comments about state secrets. Fact or fiction, Biden admits to treason, ABC 10 San Diego. Mediaite says Biden jokes, I sold a lot of state secrets during a meeting. Anytime Joe Biden Fs up, anytime he makes a flub, a gaffe as they call it, the media is quick to come to his defense. He was speaking to Prime Minister of India, Narendra Modi and tech CEOs. And this was back in June of last year. Apple CEO Tim Cook was there. Supposedly, they laughed because they thought the president was kidding. I'm going to play it for you one more time, and here we go. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. So there it is. I don't hear laughter. I don't hear anyone chuckling, thinking the president was funny at all. But first of all, he says, I start out thinking, or thinking, as they have rewritten that in the official transcript and then he's like um oh well uh anyway uh in other words he doesn't know what he's thinking he can read cue cards poorly he can read teleprompters poorly but when he comes off the cuff and speaks from his heart speaks extemporaneously without teleprompter without cue card without someone whispering in his ear on an earpiece that's when joe biden does his Freudian slips based in truth, based in reality, based in fact. I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things. The man needs to go because this is not something to joke about. Jenna Ellis, attorney at law, tweeted, the dementia is letting the truth slip out. Multiple people calling for Mr. Biden's impeachment and yet the mainstream progressive liberal woke slimeball leftist media refused to talk about it back in June of last year and actually buried the story until it has come out yet once again. And now we are finding that Biden did say, I sold a lot of state secrets. But that's okay. He'll only be the president for this one more year because I can't see any common sense, rational, thinking, intelligent Americans looking into their wallets and seeing that their money is much smaller, to see that the value of their dollar is reduced, that inflation has driven the cost of everything higher and higher and higher in each of Joe Biden's first three years in office. And though the rate of inflation may be slowing, the inflation itself is still here and will likely be here to stay. All right, I don't want to keep beating on this dead horse your president admitting to treason in front of a group of business and world leaders. Over in the world of global warming, the outgoing, and I don't mean because he's an outgoing individual, but the guy who's getting ready to leave his post to become a campaign advisor to the Biden re-election campaign, climate liar John Kerry, the outgoing climate czar, the horse-faced dinosaur lizard-looking man that heads up the Democratic Party's progressive climate lie department, he ain't happy. 
People are calling out the giant lizard for waste, fraud, and abuse allegations, questioning Mr. Lizard for his own massive carbon footprint. Before I get too far into the bashing, remember John Kerry has a team of paid climate nut jobs on a staff who make an astonishing $4.3 million per year in salary alone, not to mention benefits and perks and free travel and all the others. Their basic salary averages $170,000 each, with the highest salary listed at $186,680. It is very likely that John Kerry's entourage numbers somewhere around 25 people. 25 paid useless liars and schedulers and excuse makers and travel planners. I say this today while I sit in Studio 63 deep down in the bayou country of usually warm sunny South Louisiana wondering how can this global warming lie be foisted amongst the stupider people of the country when it is freezing down here damn near record low temperatures the last two nights getting down to 16 and 18 degrees respectively. 25 useless liars, schedulers, excuse makers, travel planners, etc. sit on the staff of John Kerry. Hmm, something, my friends, doesn't add up. So to this article, Biden's climate czar John Kerry gave a fiery response after he was confronted by a reporter in Switzerland who asked him about his massive carbon footprint. The reporter said, What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? Do you think it is worth it, peasants paying for your crimes? John Kerry, in a very condescending, looking down his nose response, said, That's a stupid question. He says, Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. He was asked a follow-up question about why his carbon footprint doesn't matter. John Kerry, you might recall, was sent on taxpayer dollars to Davos, to attend the annual World Economic Forum Summit, which does not, despite their name, really focus on the economies of world governments, but more on environmental issues like the lie of man-caused climate change, global warming, achieving net zero ambitions. He claims, John Kerry that is, that he has done a, quote, huge amount, unquote, to combat climate change. He does so, of course, by flying around the country in private jets, flying around the globe in private jets, riding around in gas-guzzling limousines, staying in very fancy hotels with massive electricity bills. But he says he's done a huge amount to combat climate change. So, in typical Democrat censorship style, after the second question by this reporter, only doing his job, trying to find out why Kerry doesn't care about his own carbon footprint, security personnel escorted Mr. Kerry between events and blocked the reporter from asking any further questions. Classic censorship, Democratic Party style. The reporter, not happy to be blocked, went onto social media and in a post said Kerry found it difficult to justify his carbon footprint in attending the World Economic Forum each year in Davos. My friends, that reporter's question was not stupid. Mr. Kerry, there are no stupid questions. Maybe, unless the ones you ask. John Kerry receiving massive criticism for his carbon footprint, including his use of private jets owned by his own family, paid for with your tax dollars. According to flight tracking data in July of 2022, 
a Gulfstream G4 SP jet owned by John Kerry's family made a total of 48 trips that lasted more than 60 hours and emitted 325 metric tons of carbon over the course of the first 18 months of the Biden administration. That's a lots of carbon, my friends. You gotta love the global warming lies. Hey, speaking of global warming, here's one that'll tickle your fancy. The Daily Mail Online wrote a headline, Snowflakes! House of Representatives cancels all votes with a shutdown just four days away, and the White House goes virtual as winter storm wreaks havoc in Washington, D.C. They had a little snow on the ground. A winter storm blamed for freezing your government officials' ability to work on Tuesday as a rare dumping of snow covered the nation's capital, the article begins. The House of Representatives announced that they would be canceling votes, and the White House called an early press lid, meaning they're not taking any questions. Federal offices were closed as the area dealt with a couple of inches of snow. So much for the global warming lie. With Arctic temperatures hitting cities like New York, Denver, and Chicago in the wintertime, endangering newly arrived migrants and complicating cities' efforts to manage limited shelter space, it is yet another trial for the tens of thousands of people who have taken the perilous journey from their home countries, often in warmer climates, to trespass unlawfully in order to supposedly seek asylum to which they are not entitled. Border crossings used to decline or stay fairly low during winter months. They would tick up as the weather warmed, but this year, thanks to Joe Biden rolling out that welcome mat, and thanks to people telling those illegal criminal law-breaking, trespassing, invading migrants that Biden's got less than a year left in office, so you better pack your bags and get moving. Now, December set a new record for illegal border crossings that were apprehended and released. Not these days, my friends, without the built-in Biden incentives and the fear that this will be his final year in office, criminal, illegal, unlawful migration is up. Criminal migrants are desperate to walk, jump, and swim illegally into the frigid, cold, global warming U.S. <laughs> Chicago has temporarily suspended their 60-day shelter limit because of sub-zero temperatures. It is, after all, wintertime in Chicago. In New York City, the big rotten apple, 350 migrant families and 23,000 migrant adults have maxed out the new shelter limits. I say, put them on buses and send them all back home. They're not here legally, which makes them criminals. Why the hell are we deliberately importing criminals to our country? The only logical answer is, of course, to gain potential Democrat Party votes. The State of the Union's Joe Ellis, thank you, writes, 85% of migrants are released into the U.S. confirmed by Alejandro Mayorkas. Well, 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 so much for the lie that we're deporting more illegal criminal migrants. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, under potential indictment, has reportedly admitted that over 85% of migrants caught crossing the border illegally are simply being released into the United States. They also have recently admitted that they don't track these people. They have no idea where at least 170,000 of the recent illegal immigrant arrivals are even located. Mayorkas facing an impeachment effort by the Congress. 
who accurately state he is not enforcing federal immigration law and that he has lied about the border situation to Congress and to the American people. Lying to Congress, by the way, is a crime punishable by prison time. Iowa Republicans were polled at the recent caucuses and they were asked, what is the most important issue facing the country? I would have thought it was the economy, but the breakdown of responses kind of shocked me. The actual numbers were immigration, 41%, the economy, 33%, foreign policy, 7%, and healthcare, 4%. Meanwhile, Donald Trump seizing on the reality of Joe Biden's disastrous southern border has vowed to deport millions of illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing migrants when he returns to the White House. We're going to seal up the border. Because right now we have an invasion. We have an invasion of millions and millions of people that are coming into our country. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. It's a very bad thing. It's not sustainable as a country. It's horrible. We're going to have to deport. We're going to have to have a deportation level that we haven't seen in this country for a long time. And as I told you on a recent broadcast of the Truth Hurts program, Kemal Toe Harris doesn't care whether it's Donald Trump with the Republican nomination or not. She thinks she is pretty confident that no matter who it is, they, the Democrats, her and Joe Biden, will win re-election. Well, let me just tell you this. No matter who the Republican nominee is, we're winning. We're winning. Do you, you've seen the numbers, you know, a lot. Do you think Donald Trump at this point is a foregone conclusion? I don't know, but look, if it is Donald Trump, we've beat him before and we'll beat him again. All righty, my friends, moving on to another topic here on the Truth Hurts program for your Thursday. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson says, I believe Secretary Mayorkas is an abject failure, but it's not because of incompetence. I believe he has done this intentionally. These are intentional policy decisions that he's made. I think there must be accountability for that. Secretary Mayorkas is not a good faith negotiator. He's unwilling to enforce existing federal law. Why would we believe that he would do any new provision? He's lied to Congress repeatedly. He's lied to me personally. That is direct from Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. All right, moving on. Over at MSNBC, the censorship against Donald Trump and Republicans continues. The deliberate refusal to be fair or balanced or equitable. According to the Daily Mail, host Rachel Maddow is slammed for running a state TV show after telling viewers that MSNBC would not show Donald Trump's victory speech in Iowa because, as she says, we cannot knowingly broadcast untrue things. Number one, she didn't have a transcript of what Trump was getting ready to say, so her statement is, in my opinion, liable, slander, defamation. Any of those things could apply. Manish Rachel Maddow on MSNBC was one of the most vocal proponents of the lie that Trump colluded with Russia. This, of course, was proven to be false. There was no Trump-Russian collusion. Rachel Maddow, going along with the whole Hillary Clinton hoax theme, said the network is continuing their policy of not showing any of Donald Trump's speeches live. Why? Well, MSNBC hates the truth. They hate being in the moment. She said, quote, it's not an easy decision, but there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things, unquote. Now, she couldn't possibly know what Trump was going to say. 
So they just censor the whole speech. With today's technology, with delays and the ability to just record and quickly edit, they could have edited out what they don't want you to see and hear. But they chose total censorship, Democratic Party style, because it's much easier and they despise having to put Trump's face on the television screen unless, of course, he is on some court bench being indicted or hopefully, as they think, walking away in handcuffs. The highly biased in the tank for Democrats Rachel Maddow was criticized for her announcement that the liberal network MSNBC refuses to cover Donald Trump's Iowa victory speech because she believes it would contain falsehoods. Yet every day, that very same network pushes all of Joe Biden's lies, all of Camel Toe Harris's lies, all of Mayorkas's lies, Pelosi's lies, Schumer's lies, all the Democratic Party's lies. And unfortunately, that's what we have come to expect. And half the nation, the dumber half, the Democrat half, cheer and applaud when decisions like these are made. It's a shame. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. Now, any of you who have met me personally know that I'm a white, Christian, married, heterosexual, conservative, Republican-leaning political force. That's why we do the Truth Hurts program, to expose the lies of the left that are not ever broadcast on the mainstream media. Back when I, decades ago, was in my school days, I focused my studies on journalism. Hell, I was hoping at that time to be the next Walter Cronkite or Edward R. Murrow, hoping to adopt the Jack Webb, just the facts, ma'am, mentality, and adding a little bit of personality to the dull, boring evening news. Just the facts was what we were taught in every journalism and communications class being taught all the way back to high school, way back when. Who, what, when, where, and how? Those were the important questions any journalist needed to ask. Why, W-H-Y, was considered somewhat subjective. So why, W-H-Y, had to be carefully scrutinized and used sparingly so as not to give the impression that you were trying to interject your personal thoughts as to why you believed something might happen. You could use why if someone admitted to something and admitted to why they were doing it. As a matter of fact, no self-respecting, industry-respected journalist would dare to venture into speculation, opinion, partisanship. Opinions were sometimes posted at the end of a newscast by the editor or the station manager, and it was made crystal clear that those opinions were that of the speaker and not necessarily those of the broadcast organization or the publication. That's why they were called opinion columns or editorials. Not today. Today, you will find it nearly impossible to identify a single so-called news story that is not heavily slanted, biased, or tainted with political opinion. It is actually so bad that even the industry itself identifies as either liberal or conservative-leaning. I read an article written by Dan Gaynor, and I'd like to read parts of it to you because it is very important and very relevant in 2024. Journalism is in chaos. It is an industry where only a tiny percentage of people dare hold a different political opinion, and more than 60% of journalists think the news business is going in the wrong direction. You don't have to take my word for it, take theirs. More than 1,600 journalists responded to a survey from Syracuse University's Newhouse School of Public Communications, one of the most prestigious journalism schools in the country. The results are damning to the journalism industry. 
Only 3.4% of United States journalists admit to being Republicans. 36.4% claim that they're Democrats, which is more than 10 times more Democrats than Republicans, at least the ones who admit that they are leftists. More than half, 51.7%, call themselves independent. Another 8.5% identified themselves as other. Journalists have been getting these survey questions for more than 50 years, and now the questions have grown more savvy, as have the so-called journalists. Many carefully list themselves in the other categories to avoid being called bias. So keep the 3.4% who identify as Republicans in mind. Out of all the journalists, let's give the real number. Let's say that 96.6% of all journalists are simply not Republicans. That's how the Russia Gate and the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion hoax got rammed down the throats of the American public as if that scandal really happened. By the way, it did not. That's how the current president is covered and hidden away. He's barely coherent much of the time. He lies constantly about his family, about his accomplishments, about his past, and about, oh, I don't know, classified documents hidden next to his Corvette. President also makes up lies about corn pop. For President Biden, the media calls them misstatements, or they simply ignore the lies altogether. Remember when the press tried to tally Donald Trump's so-called lies? Far, far fewer than those of President Biden, which are swept under the rug or not reported on at all. As Sergeant Muldoon explained in the John Wayne movie Green Berets, well, that's newspapers for you, ma'am. You could fill volumes with what you don't read in them. And it's only gotten worse since actor Aldo Ray read those lines. In 1971, one-fourth of U.S. journalists were Republican. That's 25%. In 50 years' time, journalism has essentially purged any and all political opposition to the Democrat Party from its ranks. And what we get is the results. 96% agreement is how the press tries to convince you that the border isn't a problem. Even when Democrat Party mayors are screaming that it is a problem, the mainstream leftist progressive liberal woke media tries to convince you that the border is not in crisis. There's nothing to see here, folks. Move along, move along. By the way, those Democrat cities like New York, Chicago, Boston, they've only been hit with a tiny little portion of the number of illegal migrants in which the red states have had to endure. What you end up with is an elite press that pretends that ordinary Americans can afford food and rent and mortgages when those same Americans tell you they can't. When the same Americans tell you that 96% of them are worried about the economy and the mainstream media tells you Bidenomics is working. It's so bad that one-fourth of Americans are doom spending. You know, money they don't have to spend. They're going into debt. They're draining their savings. But the media will tell you things are looking up under Bidenomics. The 96% of the non-Republican media make zero effort to cover the many failures of Joe Biden's administration. The same administration that backs Ukraine, but not well enough for Ukraine to win. The same administration that handed over Afghanistan to the Taliban, a terrorist organization, and left Americans and their supporters behind enemy lines. The 96% non-Republican identified media, well, they just sweep it all under the rug. The 96% are firmly in the Democrat Party camp. 
They went out of their way to make sure President Biden got elected and they spent time covering up all of the improprieties discovered by the less than 4% of Republican journalists who have the platform in which to speak. Most journalists won't even admit the news industry's problems. If you dig further into the enlightening study, only 21.8% think there is any sort of political orientation diversity needed in their newsrooms. It's unclear if that means they think their outlets need to be even more liberal or allow a little conservatism in. To emphasize the point, only 12.7% of all the journalists polled think that their perceived bias and opinion journalism is a problem. The rest of them don't think it's a problem at all. Journalism, the word, has become a dad joke. What's the difference between ignorance and indifference? They don't know, they don't care. Then the article degenerates into a racism thing about the white population being 60%, but 82% of the media being white. Oh, it's all about racism and elite white folks. There's no wonder, my friends, why Americans have lost faith in the news media. It will get substantially worse this election because the 96% have spoken. All right, gang, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. I'm one of the 3.4% who do identify as conservative, proudly so. Thanks for listening to the Truth Hurts program. We'll see you next time. The, the, the one and only and the original. Steve C. and the Truth Hurts program. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved. This program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed on this program are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend, co-worker, family member, or someone with whom you disagree. If you don't like what you hear, then perhaps you should find another podcast, because we speak the truth here on the Truth Hurts program. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2024, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music, Jason Shaw and Audionautics.